Hello, 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 you wonderful human beings. It's Casey Kasem here, and I'm back at it again with another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. On this episode, I chatted with Tyler Justin Karp, writer for Dynasty League Football. He is constantly and consistently putting out content, whether that be articles for DLF, the Ask DLF stream, videos for his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash tylerthefantasycreator, and much more. Tyler enjoys answering questions, providing his insight, and letting his ego shine. And it's okay, he's the one who brings that up. In this interview, Tyler talked about being a chess champion, gaining a following, the story behind his nickname, the journey towards having a professional fantasy football career, the ups and downs of social media, and so much more. You're definitely going to want to listen to this one to see what Tyler is all about. Make sure you follow Tyler on Twitter at TylerFFCreator. Also make sure to follow me on Twitter at DKCKSum, as well as the podcast at GetReal underscore pod. Thank you so much. And now here's my chat with Tyler Justin Carp. Cool. Yay. I'm so happy. I never record on the weekends and I'm getting to right now. So that's pretty love dope. It. I love it too. Like, I don't know. It, I think Sundays, I think Saturdays and Sundays are kind of a, an underrated day to record or a night to record. I feel like everybody wants to record on weeknights. So. I'm used to it. I, I, during the season, I recorded the recap, the weekly recap every Sunday, starting at like 1130 PM Eastern, <laughs> not even sometimes it was 12. It's like, that's when we started. We went live and it was, uh, you know, with Ryan and <laughs> just like, I'm used to it. This is, this is early nine o'clock. Nine hey. o'clock <laughs> it's eight for me too. So, you know, that's even early. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, okay. So, we're going to get started. We're actually going to, what I want to know first, uh, I've got to ask you because I, I do a little bit of research on people before they come Ooh. on surprise, surprise sometimes. So I Google people and it's not creepy because I do it for research. Um, but when you Google you, a lot of chess stuff comes up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and so can you explain, because I've seen the little picture and I was like, Oh, that's, that's him when he's uh, a, a little tyke. So tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I mean, I was <laughs> national chess champion when I was uh, like a kid, four times. Uh, I I played that for a while. It was nice. I learned to play when I was three, and I uh, played pretty competitively for like I want to say 10, 15 years. Then I kind of stopped playing. I, I went to college. I didn't play as much. I, I was the president of chess club in college. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was great, but it wasn't the kind of chess club where you, uh, you know, actually learn anything about chess. It was mostly just an excuse for me to like host parties or like have friends over. Uh, that That's why everyone joined the chess club. It wasn't, it wasn't really to learn anything. We just kind of hung out, but I, you know, so there were a few people who were actually serious and I liked like still talking about it, but yeah, no, that was mostly something from when I was a kid. Uh, I, I do get, I do get though, sometimes people from the fantasy football community want to challenge me. Oh, your chess game. They, they stopped doing this because they've realized they're going to lose. I mean, no one likes to lose, but uh, I have done that a few times with, I, I don't forget, I forget who I even played. It was, it's been a while since I've done it, but it, it was kind of fun to like, you know, when I was uh, trying to kind of get myself out there to like meet people but uh i haven't haven't played on with them in a while i, I still play on chess.com from time to time 
uh, from some mostly with my friends from college who I met in the chess club. Actually, we still play. Um, then a couple friends from here. Yeah. So, <laughs> so being competitive with the with the chess aspect, I guess that go. Did you take that over with all the other things that you do with you know your fantasy content with being in fantasy leagues and everything else that it kind of just spill over? Um, I mean, I am competitive, but. I'm a weird person when I'm competitive. I'm competitive if I'm supposed to win, but I don't really care if I'm, if I don't feel like I'm a favorite. It's like pretty much though, whenever I play fantasy football, I, and this is the, you know, the ego is coming out. I mean, but we, we all know this. If you follow my content, you know, that the, you know, this, you know, that the ego is, is real. It's, it's really who I am. I'm not, I don't I'm act. I, you know, you can ask any of my friends that they, they would tell you that, the me you see on the show is a toned down, a nicer version, nicer, less ego than, than the real thing. But with that being said, yeah, I mean, when I play fantasy football, I think I should win and I get annoyed when I lose because um, I think I'm the best. And it's crazy. And maybe that's egotistical, but I do. So, yeah, it, it carries over in that way. Not so much for content creation. I don't really see content creation as a competition. I don't really feel like I'm competing against other people. I don't compare my views to other people. I do want to get more followers, but I, I don't see that as a race. Um, I, I don't like feel, you know, I feel better when everyone gets more followers. I want everyone to get more attention. I don't, I don't, it wouldn't make me feel good to see people have less followers. I don't, I never want that. So, you know, maybe in some ways, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not super competitive with my uh, industry mates. I, I mean, I do a lot of like promotion, helping other. I, I, I use the rising tides metaphor a lot. <laughs> um, the boat rising tide, you know, rising tide raises all boats kind of thing. I, you know, I don't maybe again, maybe egotistical, but I don't think it's going to be so easy to just replace me. Like it's there are few people who do can do the like style of show that I do taking all, you know, ask the LF, that kind of show there. It, you can't just find anyone and do that show. It would be, a, it wouldn't go well. <laughs> there, there aren't that many people who, so I, who do that. So I'm not afraid of, of anyone replacing me. I, I don't, I don't worry about that. I just want to see my friends do well, see them create their own content. It's not like, I mean, people are going to want more than one exactly. source of content, right? I mean, I am a, not for everybody, be spread way too thin at this point to actually interact. I mean, it's over 20,000 followers and I try to respond to every comment that obviously isn't possible, but I can't respond to every comment, talk to every patron, you know, respond to every comment on YouTube, every comment on DLF forum on my articles. I can't do all of that. So obviously like there are going to be, there's gonna be a demand for people to interact with other creators. And, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. If anything, I think it's a good thing. I kind of like, you know, I like to create groups and stuff like that to kind of help other people, you know, get their, get their content out there. You see, you'll, you'll see a lot of retweets in my feed. If you look at my feed, there are a lot of retweets, a lot of retweets, a lot of quote tweets. And, you know, it, it, some of that gets more attention my way, but you know, it also, there are a lot of people who they didn't have a lot of attention. And then all of a sudden they became, friends with me and then through a few retweets and quote tweets all of a sudden more interaction on their posts and that's a great thing you know so i, I don't mind it doesn't it doesn't bother me to you know give back in that way i don't see it as a competition i i really try to avoid that 
Like, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. And and to be able to put other people's content out, like backing it up, you know, putting like your stamp of approval on it or whatever. It's really cool yeah. because that's how I find a lot of like n- new people to follow is because somebody retweeted somebody else's article or video or whatever. So that's super awesome of you to do that. Um, and, and and with your growth and everything, I will. We want to talk about we. I want to talk about um, your your place in fantasy football, the industry. But before we do that, I want to go back and when you were we were talking about chess. You were a kid. What else? When you were a kid, were you into sports or was there anything that you were interested in when you were growing up? Yeah, you know, honestly, like there isn't. There's not much there. Yeah, I watched football when I was a kid. I, uh, my childhood was fine. I, okay. There's nothing, there's no real stories there. Honestly, it's a, a lack of stuff to t- to talk about. I, I rarely, if, if you even saw me like talk with my friends or just anyone, I rarely, if ever talk about the first 18 years of my life. Rarely. I'll talk about chess is one of the only things I actually do talk about that. I do talk about and a lot of the places I got to travel because of chess. Um, one of which I used to use Russia as the most interesting one. Nowadays, that one. No, I've literally been in in Putin's office. Like, you know, we got to go. It's a long story, but it was a charity trip. Like when I was a little kid. Now that doesn't seem that's that seems a little that, that doesn't that doesn't seem exciting anymore. That seems sad it, it, with in light of what's going on now. But you know, there are other places. I was in Ecuador, Argentina, that kind of stuff. So I, I did get to travel for that. And that's something I really appreciate. I got to travel as a, as a kid, but like for stuff as a kid relating to fantasy football, I think I started playing in 2009. So that was 14 at the time. And yeah, I mean, I was a football fan, but I, I played fantasy football for a long time before I was like really into fantasy football, like maybe like six, seven years. There wasn't there wasn't much as a kid really that like led me to fantasy football. I don't really honestly I don't really know like how I got more into it. I <laughs> it was I was older. It was probably 2016 or 2017. I started listening to the Fantasy Pros and Fantasy Footballers podcast. That's that's what got me like more into it as like a dynasty, or I guess a, at that point still a redraft manager. And then uh, you know, I started creating content in 2019. So two, three years after that. But it was those um, it was those podcasts that, that got me into it. But yeah, not, nothing much from when I was a kid. I, I watched football, but it wasn't even my favorite sport for most of my time growing up. It was uh, definitely baseball when I was a little kid. And I'm from New York, so the Yankees were good when I was very little. <laughs> and they're still good even when I was not so little. And then I was also a basketball fan. And then football kind of later. And uh, there was also a period of time where I was into soccer kind of when I was in late high school, early college, I was pretty into soccer as well. So I didn't really, it wasn't really until like 2016, I would say 2016, 2017, but like football became the main sport that I follow. So how did you stumble across fantasy football to, and to play at the age of 14? How, yeah. how did that come about? That's a good question. To be honest with you, I don't remember. Like <laughs> I don't, I honestly don't remember. I think I mean, it was some Yahoo random league that I played and I, I honestly have no memory of how I decided to do that. Um, it, whatever it was, it wasn't memorable. It wasn't with my friends or anything. It wasn't with anyone I knew. So then in 2010, I joined a couple of leagues that I was in for a while. One with people I met on the internet on a, so that's a really long story. It isn't that important, but 
you know, just people I read on met at some random internet site. And then another one with people I met at some like, uh, like a summer camp. And I was in those leagues for like six, six years or so each. So maybe that, that kind of like consolidated that I was going to like continue playing fantasy football. But yeah, as for how I found it originally, I honestly do not know. I, I wish I could <laughs> tell you, but I don't know. Well, with putting out content, when did you decide, you know, I'm not just going to play fantasy football. I'm actually going to put out content. I know you said 2019 was when you yeah. first started, but how did, how did, you know, you stumble across that? It's kind of a good question. Um, honestly, I think I just, I just kind of decided that I was going to do it. Uh, it wasn't like a long decision process. I, uh, it's like May, 2019. I had one semester of grad school left and you know, I just uh, applied for a few writing positions at, at places. And, you know, I eventually got one. It actually didn't take very long. Uh, you know, I wasn't. No big deal. <laughs> no. I mean, look, like it's as, as bad. Not that this is a bad thing, but like I was going to grad, grad school at Columbia for sports management, whatever it is like that probably put my application at the top of most people's piles. Like they're probably going to read that one. <laughs> you know, it's, it, that's kind of an uncommon thing. Someone who's looking to start out, like I probably got a shot that maybe someone else wouldn't have gotten, uh, you know, because of that. Um, yeah. So that, that helped, but you know, I've rarely ever used much. I've learned in that degree in my time in the industry. Uh, but, but yeah, it was um, just something I did. And then it, it lasted for a while before I really decided to like take it seriously. What what made you decide to go do sports man management in, at Columbia? Like what was the reasoning behind all that? That's a good question. So when I went to college, I was pre-med and I went to medical school for two months and I hated it. So I dropped out. <laughs> And then I was like, took a while to like think, wasn't that long. It was, that was October, 2017. And I started grad school, September, 2018. So, you know, I started just thinking about it. And then I decided to take the GRE and think about just with the idea of like going to grad school again, you know, not something like med school, but some sort of master's program and something. I looked at a bunch of different options and then I just decided that I'd always kind of like sports and it wasn't really with fantasy football in mind, honestly, that I went to the sports management degree program at all uh that that came later but i just thought that i've always liked sports i always kind of liked the idea of working in some sort of business or management field so i just decided to apply for that and there were a couple of good sports management programs in new york city which is where i live and uh i applied to nyu and columbia i got into both and decided to go to columbia and it was uh yeah i think it was a pretty good decision unfortunately i didn't really take a lot of good advantage of my time there it wasn't in a good time in my life so it's just like bad circumstances bad timing but it was it's a very good program i would recommend it to anyone considering a sports management program i think you would really enjoy it Although i can't speak to what it's like during the pandemic it might a lot <laughs> of the good things about that program were things you couldn't have done during the pandemic so you might not have liked it if you'd gone there during the pandemic but at pre-pandemic because I graduated December 2019 so I got my whole oh. the whole thing done before the pandemic started mm -hmm. it, it was a great program 
Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that. I had some issues managing my time in college and like actually doing what I was supposed to do. But hey, it happens. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool to see where you are now. And then with DLF, the dynasty in DLF, you're like a dynasty dude. We know you as a dynasty guy. How yeah. did you, we've talked about redraft. How did you switch over from redraft to dynasty? So, I mean, I, it's a good question. I just found a dynasty league one day on the fantasy footballers forums. That's actually where I found it. Uh, my first dynasty league. And I, it was fun. I, I played it. Uh, and then that was in May of 2018. And then a year later, I don't know. I just decided to, I started doing mock drafts at DLF in early 2019. Actually, I still have my old mock draft sheets from back then, but I just decided to create dynasty content <laughs> back in 2019. I, I think if I were looking at it now, I would have been like, this space is way too saturated. I, uh, I would probably would have just turned around and gone home, but, uh, you know, back then it wasn't the same level of saturation that it is now. And I just thought that, you know, maybe I could make a name for myself here and uh yeah i you know i wrote a dynasty football factory for a while i you know it is what it is i i obviously like i left to go to dlf and i'm pretty happy about that and uh but yeah they they gave me the first chance it was yeah, i was there for like a almost i guess a year and nine months or so and i've been at dlf since uh february 2021 so i'm a little over a year cool yeah, I mean, and like going from one site to another site, uh, a lot of people are, you know, kind of move over, move around, move up and do all that. So going from one place to another, did you have any reservations or did you feel, you know, any, I know you're a, a, an egotistical dude, but yeah. did you have any sort of like, oh man, you know, this this change might be might be a little hard or different for me? A little, but... Honestly, it was it was time for me to go, uh, and I think I think we can leave it at that uh, for for why it was time for me to go. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely time for me to go, and uh, you know I was very happy to go to DLF. I love DLF, and um, I I don't know if people know this. <laughs> I don't even know if the people at DLF remember this. But DLF is the place I originally applied to write when I sent in, when I, either the first place I applied oh. when I was sending out my original applications back in 2019 to like write at fantasy sites. They're actually the first place I applied and they turned me down. Um, but that's where I wanted to write in the first place. I, you know, the DLF podcast was the first dynasty podcast I listened to. I had used, I'd been active on their forums actually for quite a while before I applied to write there. So they were actually my original first choice. So, since it was them that came calling, they, you know, obviously they came to, they, you know, poached me essentially came to me. I was obviously going to say yes. when <laughs> I wanted to write for in the right. first place. So I think that made it easier because they were kind of where I saw myself wanting to write when I started, when, before I even started in the industry. So it's obviously easy to say yes to the place you wanted to be. And all those people over there are just like great people. And you know, how, how, was it like getting to like actually talk to these people and, and, you know, interact with them? Some of them yeah. are like legends, you know, like for real. <laughs> yeah. It was intimidating at first, less so now. Um, you know, I, I'm at this point, 
I'm, you know, one of the more well-known people at DLF. Uh, not so when I started there, though. Not so. When I started, I had maybe like 2,500 followers. I didn't have a YouTube show on their network. I had a podcast that called the Dynasty Duo. I think we had just started it, or maybe we were about to start it, but nobody listened to it yet. So, like, nobody really knew who I was at, at that point. So, yeah, it, it was probably a little bit intimidating, you know, especially with some of the bigger names. Nowadays, I I, I wouldn't say there's it, – it would be rare. I mean, when Matthew Berry followed me, maybe if he had messaged me too, he didn't. But if he, if he did, that might have been intimidating. But it it's rare that anything outside of that, these something like that these days would. But, yeah, definitely at the time, uh, you know, I'd always looked up to the people <laughs> – at DLF and uh, they've really welcomed me. I mean, you know, they, they've never really, never really had, I mean, they haven't had someone like me in their team in a while. I don't, I don't think, you know, someone who is pretty, who has a larger following who definitely wants to eventually have a job in the industry. You know, that's definitely, you know, definitely not the majority of people at DLF uh, fall into that category. And, you know, it's, they've always been good about trying to make me feel comfortable there. I, I really don't, I really only have good things to to say about my, my time at DLF, you know, whenever there's been any sort of issue, we've always worked through it. I, I, you know, I really, and I, and I wouldn't shy away from it. I mean, I was, I wouldn't, like, if I had something to, to say I would, but there really isn't anything. I, I've been pretty happy with my time there. And you mentioned YouTube, and I know that YouTube is something that is really important to you, something that you really enjoy doing. When did you decide to make the jump to doing YouTube, and how has that experience been? That's a good question. So the Ask DLF show was not my idea. Uh, I forget exactly who came up with it. It might have been Cal. Uh, it was. It certainly wasn't. Maybe it was partially my idea, but having this kind of YouTube show was not really. It's not like I decided that I needed to be on YouTube. It was. It came from you know kind of a joint effort at DLF. So that was kind of my introduction to YouTube. And then I created my own YouTube channel. You know, this was honestly. It's something, and I think, you know, the people at DLF know, know this. It's something I kind of did out of a little bit. I just decided to do it one day. I wanted to do more videos on their channel. I, you know, it wasn't, it was, you know, they didn't want the DLF YouTube channel to turn into the Tyler YouTube channel. I understand that. And I just decided that I wanted to have my own space to do some of my own content. And I, um, I just thought it was better for that to do it that way, just because I didn't want, I didn't want to like make anyone feel uncomfortable there if I was making too much content or taking up too much space on the channel or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't want that. And I just felt it would be easier if I wanted to create more content, I wanted to be able to do that. So I just made my own channel and that way. And I think that's actually been a really good thing because we haven't had like any tension around that. I just, ever since then, that was you know, it's always a good thing when you like can, when everyone can be happy, like yeah. I get to create more content. They don't have to worry about like, you know, one person being too prominent on the channel and, you know, everyone is happy. So 
I'm happy it worked out that way, but that that's what actually pushed me to make my own YouTube channel. It was just something that I did one day, um, honestly. YouTube is like something that like I shy away from. Like I don't do a lot of I don't do YouTube. But, so <laughs> um, doing doing the YouTube thing though, doing putting it all together, getting it all you know how and and doing live shows and everything. Um, having all that thrown at you and having to balance all of it, like what is some advice you can give to other people that are in that same situation that are like starting their YouTube and don't know what to do? It's hard. My advice, honest advice is don't start your own YouTube. It wasn't worth it. I, it worked for me. I have a large following large enough to support it, but you're not going to succeed on starting your own YouTube at first without one. So YouTube is something, and I've said this once, even my YouTube is honestly, is a, is, I consider it oftentimes to be a failure. Like it, considering my following, it doesn't, it has less than 400 subscribers. It's like maybe a hundred to 200 views on a video, but that's, that's not a success. I'm not going to be able to monetize that as someone who wants a job in the industry that that's a failure. And and that's me, like with a you know larger than most people who would start a YouTube channel, larger than their followings, and I I just I can't. I, it had its own Twitter account. Mm-hmm. It just still isn't working. <laughs> so I don't know if a YouTube channel is the best. Like if you love, and I always say this, and I always want this part to be heard. If you love it, do it anyway. Just ignore my advice. Yeah, ignore it. it if you love doing the content, just don't listen to anything I say. Do the content you want, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. If you're just doing it to enjoy it, do it. But if your goal is to like make money or really like progress your following, it won't happen through your own YouTube unless you're a really established brand. And I think most people listening to the show probably know who I am. And I'm not established enough. I'm not, you know, big enough to have my own YouTube. I failed. Like doing start sit shows, I had to quit doing them. I had to quit doing the Sunday start sit show because it didn't have enough viewers and it was really wearing on me to go live in the middle of the craziness of Sunday morning. It just wasn't worth it. So I I quit doing the show, that show. Cause so essentially I failed doing that. So I, I just would say it's a, it's a long, hard road. Just be aware of that. But you listened to yourself when you knew that it was wearing you out and it wasn't going where you wanted it to go instead of making, you know, driving yourself into the ground and getting crazy about everything. Like you figured out, you know, and, and sometimes it takes a little, I, I'm obviously I don't have any room to talk. I'm not a full-time person in the in- industry, but it, I know that it's hard sometimes to like figure out exactly what works. But once you figure it out, then like, like I see you figuring it out and getting, you know, and, and you coming from a person, you being a person who wants a full-time job in the industry, a, a lot of times people are just doing this for a hobby, like we had brought up and you had brought up, um, but you're doing this because you're, you have a goal that you want to achieve. You want to do something, you want to be, you know, be something. So when did you decide I want to do this full-time though? Like when did you decide I need, I, I need that is something I want to have a big career. I want to be that guy. Mm, that's a good question. It certainly wasn't when I started creating content. I was still in grad school at that point. Uh, this certainly wasn't my plan. I, there isn't a moment 
definitely, I definitely will say if the pandemic doesn't happen, we're not having, we're not doing this podcast right now. We're, we're not doing this podcast. I'm doing something else. I'm doing something else. I'm probably working somewhere else. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but it is, we're not, we're not doing this podcast. I, I'm doing something else. I don't know what that would be. So it was sometime after that. Uh, but I don't know exactly when it was. It was sometime in the middle of, sometime when I started gaining traction. I would say that right before I went to DLF, there was a good moment where I thought about quitting. Uh, pretty much since I've been at DLF, and especially since the season started, I've had more confidence that I can make this work. But, you know, I haven't had a lot of doubt about that recently. But, yeah, when I thought about it for the first time, probably at some point in 2020. And the pandemic did, I mean, when I talk to people, it has helped people. It, the pandemic's crappy, but how yeah, many people thing. I've yeah, seen. It's a bad thing. <laughs> it's a people, bad thing. Yeah, but how many people thing. I have seen come out of, you know, come out of just a few months of just being stuck at home and, like, coming up with like i want to do this and like actually like make blowing up it's it's insane to see and then like how did you start getting people interested in your stuff so that you started getting more followers on twitter because you said you started off you know with small amount and then boom yeah um i wish there was a secret i i wish there was a secret i could tell you i would say respond to as many comments as possible you know, there are a lot of things that I do to gain followers that people do not like. They don't they don't like it. They don't like that I basically, you know, if you don't follow me, it's like your comment doesn't I have the notifications turned off for people who don't follow me. So I get to those when I feel like it, which in some most of the time is relatively soon. But when I'm busy, it could be never. I just never see those. Um, and the reason I do that is one to save me time and make sure I get to the people for the followers first, but also it lets me separate out the people who don't follow me. So I can try to get them to follow me. Look, and people hate this. People do not like this. They do not like that. I am, you can, you can use whatever word you want, obsessed, focused on, you know, followers, but I am that's great for them if they're doing this as a hobby. I, I see this differently. To me, it's kind of like if you're asking me for fantasy advice and you don't follow me, I don't know. I get it, but like I, I don't really have any incentive to help you. So like I just I get I have hundreds of followers who ask. So that that's the main thing I've done recently to gain a lot of followers is just be aggressive in trying to acquire them. Um, and I hate using that word, but like. It again, this is something people do not like. They don't like it about me. I get, you know, there are a lot of people who dislike me just for this one thing. I do not care uh, because, to be honest with you, those people are mostly fantasy analysts who don't like my content and they're never going to give me a dollar anyway. So I, I don't care. But, you know, the way I gained followers is might is not necessarily popular <laughs> so you well, know take I mean, a grain of salt everybody has their their own way of doing things you know so uh that's just your way and you know what I, it, 
to me twitter is your twitter you do whatever you want i'll do whatever i, I know want, you know and it's like there's so many different things about twitter you can mute people you can block people you could turn off certain i have words. over i have over 800 people blocked oh so, so there you go so i use the block button <laughs> liberally because oh at this point i have like a one strike and you're out policy i i'm yeah. just not i don't have time for this anymore like it's just some people like they don't even know me they don't know me and they're just like come in with these things like saying it's like very hurtful things and i'm like this, this I, I guess this made you feel better I, I don't why like what was the point of this if you didn't like it you could have just scrolled or muted me or yeah, block me you could have blocked me if you didn't like me just it. get me out of your <laughs> life I'm not, yeah, if i'm not for you like feel hey, free you like know. you don't have to um no one's making you follow me yeah um, you know, it, you know, if you want to have fantasy advice from me or whatever, that's fine. But if there are other people who you prefer, go go for it. But I don't know why people take the time to every time I post any rankings list, it's like I, I go through and there's 20 blocks just from that thread. I just don't mean, 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 mean stuff. I get stuff about my face, about my hair. Turn oh my, my DM. I turn my DMs off. Uh oh, it's over a year at this point. I turn my DMs off because I got like three people who were trying to kill me in one oh, wow. week. Yeah, no, I had to tell the people at DLF about that one uh, yeah. to like, do something about it. But, <laughs> you know, I just, it, yeah. it can be bad. It, it can be bad. Yeah, it can be bad. And I, yeah, I have my DMs turned off too. Sorry to the people that want to reach out. And I, it, sorry. This is it for, it's for your mentals. You kind of just need to like not have all that negativity. You don't need, to have that so i feel you and man that sucks but you know be but you're such a positive dude and like you said helping people Thanks. up and you know it, it, it's it's great to see and it's great to see somebody with such a following be like that towards people that are just starting out or people who don't know what they're doing or people who are like this is my third article and you're like helping them out so i love that I yeah i really don't care about how many followers the person interacting with me has. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't care about that. Like, I'll interact with someone who has 10 followers the same way that I would act interact with someone who has 10,000. It doesn't matter. Like, to, to me, anyway, you know, I, I try to, I don't respond to comments of larger accounts faster or with more or anything. Um, you know, I, I try to get to everybody. I, that is difficult. But, you know, a lot of the times I see someone who doesn't have a lot of followers, but who creates a lot of content and I, I feel bad. They're not getting any attention. I try to, I try to help them out. And, you know, I, um, yeah, there are, there are a lot of success stories. If you look at my retweets, look at my retweets and you, I'm sure I don't have the evidence to prove it, but I'm sure you can look at the graph of their, <laughs> somebody of will their, probably go figure it out. I'm sure you can look at their Twitter analytics and you would see that their impression counts have have risen, and you know that's what I that's what I want to do, uh, especially for people who create a lot of good content but aren't getting the views on it. Because we know that views. I don't think that my content is ten times better than people who have two thousand. I, I don't think so. I don't think my content is ten times better. I think I'm really good at what I do, but I think there are a lot of people who are, and you know we know that good content eventually rises to the top 
but it takes it can take a while. So if I can give someone that like nitro kick at the beginning, I always want to. And bands, you know, headlining bands bring out all these opening acts, and yeah. it's kind of the same thing. You know, you start learning about new people, and you know, it's kind of all intertwined. It's just, it's- yeah, I, I interact with probably probably hundreds or thousands of people a day, and you know, I always. <laughs> I try my best to keep like a mental, I'm a pretty extroverted person and pretty good socially. So I try to keep a good snapshot of everyone I interact with on Twitter. Obviously I can't do that. <laughs> Not perfect, but you know, I, I recognize the same handles if they're in my, in my feed a lot. And I, you know, I try to remember that, you know, just form some good relationships. I, uh, I just like to do it. You know, I don't, <laughs> it's fun. Do you ever get worn out from doing all the interactions? Because it's, yes. it's a lot. Yes. I, yes, I do. Uh, I've made a lot of posts you know, being tired. Sometimes it's not about fantasy football. Sometimes I'm just tired or tired about something else or another thing. But yeah, sometimes I get tired. Sometimes I just don't feel like going through my notifications. You know, I, I will pretty much always respond to my dms because those are patrons and you know they're paying me i feel a little differently but on twitter you know i really yeah i want to respond to everyone but really i i don't feel like i owe anyone a response ever i i try to but i'm i'm not really doing it because i feel like i owe them i'm doing it because i like to and I, I i like being i like the reputation i have for being the guy who like the fastest responder the guy who responds the most the best most often I, I like that reputation, but you know, if, if it's going to be, if I'm like on a date or hanging out with my friends or whatever, like, you know, or I'm high or too high <laughs> to respond, like, sorry, like I'll get back to you in the morning. Hopefully yeah, it wasn't I mean, a big you're deal. Gonna, <laughs> you're not going to want my advice when I'm drunk, really. I mean, maybe you do want my advice when I'm drunk, but I, I used, I used to drunk <laughs> when I used to drink, I used to drunk tweet, but I don't, yeah. I don't drink anymore. So I can't drunk tweet. Uh, yeah, you, you guys can probably tell when I do, but anyway, oh, <laughs> um, so, uh, it's cause I'm always a little out there. Um, so Twitter is like this crazy community of fantasy football. I, I like the Twitter community is just crazy. Like how, how did you stumble across fantasy football Twitter in the first place? Good question. I think that's where I look to apply for uh, writing positions. I don't know exactly what gave me the idea to go onto Twitter, but it was that. It was that period of time. And then, you know, when I started at Dynasty Football Factory, they said, well, it was part of this. You have to create a uh, Twitter account. I didn't have, I had one, but not. You have to create a Twitter account with some sort of thing. And I just did that. And, you know, I've changed the handle every a couple of times since then. Actually, most recently, yesterday. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, I was like doing the, I was like, okay, I have something else written down. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, you I, I, yesterday I had a little bit of a, I don't want to say a meltdown, but I got, you know, I always say like, whenever you see like a somewhat angry post, angry style post for me, it's because someone probably poked the bear somewhere. The bear was poked yesterday and I was just like, you know, I, I don't know if you saw my post. It got a lot of interaction or not a lot of interaction, but it got a lot of likes and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of support and people, it was only positive comments on the post. A lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of comments about how, you know, everyone thought it was this way, but 
basically I was just saying how whenever I'm speaking on Twitter, I'm talking from me, not my co-hosts, not especially not DLF, uh, just for me. I'm only talking for me, but people didn't seem to understand that. No matter what I said or did, people don't didn't get that because I had DLF in my handle. People didn't understand. People don't. I think this, and I've said this a few times, but I think it's not widely known that like, let's say if you asked my average follower, not someone from the industry, just my average follower, they would probably think that I'm an employee uh, or own part of DLF. Neither of those are true. You know, you know this, like I'm, you know, we have, everyone has like an independent contractor agreement. That's the usual Mm -hmm. standard at all these sites. It was that way when I was at Dynasty Football Factory, same way at DLF. You know, the same way that my agreement with Underdog is also an independent contractor agreement. You know, all of those things are all independent contractor agreements. So I don't, I don't even technically represent DLF. When I'm on their channel, on their show, then you could maybe argue that in some way I represent DLF. But on Twitter, it's actually, the contract actually very clearly states that I actively do not represent DLF in like my Twitter capacity or like my personal capacity. I do not. It's literally in the contract that I do not speak for them. <laughs> but, you know, because I had DLF in the Twitter handle and really at DLF, you know, if you look at it, who are the biggest accounts at DLF? It's Ryan McDowell, the DLF account, and then me. So people just assume that big Twitter account means big part of DLF. And that's just not true. I, I'm just as much a part of DLF as all the other writers. And there's nothing, I don't have a special agreement with them in any way. Maybe I have I have a YouTube show, so I guess in that respect I you know might be different than some of the other writers. But in terms of like legally, mm-hmm. I don't speak for them at all. It's like I said, it's literally the opposite of that. So I just was like, I have to change this. This is coming up too often. Like, so I changed it. Well, you know, I saw that tweet actually. I was. Duh, that that would be the reason you changed your handle. I was like, yeah. oh, didn't actually get that they went hand in hand. But yeah. yeah, no, I think that a lot of people don't get that. I think a lot of people think that just because you write for a site that you are, you know, like like you were saying, you don't, you don't. <laughs> I just think that I have too many followers who don't actually follow the fantasy football industry very yeah. closely. They're just following me because they wanted my start set advice. So they're not, they're not thinking of, they don't know about the inner workings of the industry. Mm-hmm. They have no idea how this works. Like I heard a lot, whenever there's a scandal about someone at one of these sites, it's always, well, I feel bad that this person is losing their employment. I'm like, that person was not employed by that. That person had a job. That person, maybe they lost their job, but they're losing their position at whatever fantasy site is not affecting their livelihood at all uh, in any way. This is, you know, writing at these sites, most of these sites don't pay very much. The one, you know, and some of them pay more than others, but, you know, nobody has a job, you know, unless they literally say that they did, which, and there are people who do, but mm-hmm. 99.9% of fantasy football writers are doing it as an independent contractor. So, you know, it's not that way, but that's not widely known, I would say, outside of like the Twitter community you mentioned. Inside that community, I think yeah. everyone knows that. But exactly. in, the, in the larger Twitter, I, I think that's that people would be surprised to learn that. So, you know, I, I kept getting and the other thing I kept I really hated getting was like, I'm getting questions about 
the DLF website. Okay, that's what I was going to ask the you too. I had to ask. Analyzer. Like, I cannot help you with that. I, yeah. I don't, I ask questions about the DLF website. I don't know anything more about it than I did before. Other than that, my articles are there. Like, I don't, I, the only difference is that I can ask Addison, how does the tool work? Like, I have a direct line. Like, I can ask Ryan to give, Ryan McDowell to give me an ADP I didn't have. I, I have insider information that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise, but I don't know how the website, like, someone was asking me about the website load time. I'm like, I cannot help you. I don't yeah, that's know. Not, that's way like, out of my responsibilities. I, I can I can bring it to their attention, maybe, yeah. but I don't even know. I don't even know who to tell about that. I, that's, it's just not my responsibility. I, I just create content there. I don't, I don't know. And also, especially with me with like tech, like I'm for someone who's a millennial, 27 year old millennial tech is not, you're really asking the wrong person. If you want to have a website question, I don't, you know, I, there are horror stories about me and my Excel spreadsheets that are so messy and, and all over the place. I don't, it took me a while to, <laughs> I used to copy in the ADP one by one. So yeah, no, very bad. So yeah, tech is not, so I, I really cannot yeah. help you. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're 27 and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Because I'm, I'm, I'm 38. So like <laughs> when I talk to a lot of you, like really motivated people at 27, when I was 27, I was not motivated at all. So it's, it's insane to me to see 27 year olds with such a, a mindset yeah, no, I would say also <laughs> like the younger generation than me is even hungrier. Yeah. Like I, I'm not sure that if I were doing this today and I had to start over that I would do it. I think like, it's a different world. I think I got in kind of just in time where like, it wasn't as, cause some of the things like the pandemic, I think turned a lot of the internet into a very dark Place. like this twitter community is not like how it was when i got here i haven't been here that long you know since 2019 but it is not the same community camaraderie it, it's it isn't that anymore it is in some ways it's, i don't want to say it's all bad but there's a lot more negativity a lot more infighting a lot more just stuff that i wouldn't you know if i had to do the same rise now i just think i look at the community and i'm like i'm, I'm good like I'll, I'll pass, I'll find another career. It's a little different already being there, but I, it, it has changed a lot in the last two years. I really do not think that, you know, I don't, in a lot of ways, the, the pandemic had a lot of this when we were talking about the pandemic, I think pandemic is mostly bad. It's mostly <laughs> been bad. It, it's given people a lot much. Uh, they had a lot too much time on their hands in a lot of ways. And they just found time to say, I just think that two years ago, people would have not said some of these things. And now for some reason that that seal was opened, that it's okay to to say more stuff on the internet than they would have otherwise. And it's, it's just, you know, if you look at the threads, how often now do you see someone who is saying something like they're burnt out on Twitter or they're not happy with the community or yeah, you were saying, you just, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's just, I don't feel like we saw that to the same degree two years ago. So that's just, you know, it's, it's a little bit sad. I don't know if I would have the stomach for the, the fight to, to get up. Because I think a lot of the way that people get a following now is by taking others down. I refuse to do that. 
Yeah. I won't, I won't do it. And I think if I had tried to do the same growth now, I would have failed. I think it would have been hard. So I'm glad that I don't have to do that. But <laughs> what I see among people who want to grow nowadays is like that, that works to a degree. It'll, it'll help you get a few followers, but you won't, that you won't win that way. And you're not going to sustain those followers either. Uh, people see your true colors come out. They're going to, they're going to, you'll, you'll sustain the ones you have, but you'll have a ceiling on your growth. You're not okay, going to sustain have... me. How about that? <laughs> I won't be there for very much. Well, yeah. Or me either. Yeah. Like, you won't have me, but you know, you won't hit it big that way. It, you mm. might have a nice Twitter presence of some followers, but you won't, you know, you need to actually raise people up yeah, right, to make it. And, you know, it's another thing people don't like. So people, it's another thing I get. People think, I hear, I get this criticism too, that people think that the only reason that I have a larger following is because I make, you know, make nice with everyone and support other people. And it's not because of my content. It's because of all the other stuff I'm doing behind the scenes. And I'm like, yeah. You're right. Yeah. That's the way the world works. <laughs> That's the way, the, way world. the world works. It's not always the absolute best product that wins. It's sometimes it's the best product, you know, be, slightly in, you know, maybe not the best product, but you know, the person who works on actually forming genuine relationships with influencers, their community, their fans and all that, that person might do a little bit better than the person who spends all their time on content and doesn't worry about making relationships in the community. So, you know, but, but unfortunately I think that a lot of people have uh, lost their way on, on that one. Yeah. These days. I hate to see it too, because like I I've been around for a while. I didn't start putting out content until the pandemic hit. Well, I mean, I was writing, but I didn't decide to start like a podcast. The reason I started a podcast was because the community, I want to talk to the people that, you know, can show the way you should be, the way you should act, the way you should. Not saying that everybody has to be the same, not at all. Yeah, what I'm saying I'm is the only way you're going to get anywhere is making relation, you know, getting relationships, making a, getting a following, getting a fan base. And if you're not, just doing it like I'm doing it for a hobby, just anytime somebody interacts with me, I'm just like, and I know that you're doing this for not just a hobby, for, but I'm sure anytime somebody interacts with you and really seems like they care about what you have to say, that's got to put a smile on your face. It does. I mean, I get endorsement, like I get endorsements on Twitter. You can look through my, I retweet them nowadays because, you know, I just, it just makes me, I don't know. I, I like someone made a nice comment about me. They, they wrote, they took the time to write a whole comment saying about how great I was. Why not give them a retweet? Maybe they'll get some followers out of that. I don't, I don't see an issue with that, but if you look at my retweets, you'll see a lot of those are endorsements of me. And I'm like, you know, it, yeah, it makes me feel really good to read those. A lot, most of the really good endorsements are ones that people never see. They're from my patrons in DMS. And obviously I don't share those. But, you know, there are a couple of stories. There's the one patron. He had a kid and his kid had always been part of like a losing fantasy team. And they drafted together. And because of me, they like won more games. And his kid was like really happy. And they're like, I think his kid even like took a picture with a sign thanking oh, me. Oh, that's like, so me. awesome. Yeah. And it's like, 
like there come there are things in life that are more valuable than money. <laughs> like, of course, I want you know people to pay for my advice, but that is like great. Like that makes me feel good. <laughs> like I made a kid smile because my fantasy advice was good. Like it made him happy. So I it can be like a little thing like that. That's just one story. There, you know, are a lot of other ones that I've. That's usually the one I tell if I have to come up with one, but. You know, there are definitely a lot of people who really appreciate my content. I give it, you know, pretty often and I'm pretty reliable. And I just, uh, I don't know, I get, I don't understand sometimes actually that I get as much positive feedback as I do because I, I don't ask for it that often, but it's just nice. It, it makes me want to keep going, I guess. You know, it's, if it were only about the money, it wouldn't, why would I do this? Right. I, it, there are, I, you know, I'm a master's degree from Columbia. I could, there are other careers. I can get another job that I can make more money faster whenever, like I, I could. So it has to be about more than the money. And that's one of the main things beyond the money that, uh, you know, motivates me to, to do this. And I also want to be happy in life. Right. Like, you know, I, I definitely had some times in my life that I wasn't so happy. So, you know, this is part of uh, trying to turn that around. What else makes you happy besides fantasy football? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Well, probably less than you would hope. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, the, the usual things, like the usual things people enjoy, spending time with friends, uh, a lot of it. That's a lot of what I do yeah. in my spare time is, is spend time with friends. And that's, I would say that's a lot of what makes me happy. So, <laughs> well, that's, and that's awesome. Cause that kind of like brings me to a question that I had, I was listening, like I said, I did a little research uh, and I was listening yeah, uh, when you were on with goat district, you were doing a commissioner evaluation oh, and, yes. and you brought up, uh, yeah, it was, well, I, and you know, I, I hopped around. I'm not going to lie. My attention span is like that of a yeah, nat. Like, hour show. Yeah, it, it was. I saw that, but you know, but um, you know, that was a, that was a fun show. And um, I, that you brought up, um, I think it was that show that you brought up uh, the story with your name about your uh, yeah. nickname. Um, so what exactly for the people that didn't hear that, uh, but go ahead and just kind of like, let, let me hear that story from your mouth right here, right now. Sure. Um, okay. So, Tyler's just a nickname. I um, I literally, <laughs> I've told this story many times, but I literally, it was a joke. I just like went to an event <laughs> and I just like, I made an inside joke. I went with two of my friends, oddly named Jordan and Jordan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're probably not listening, but if they are, one of them likes football. But I just like, just made a joke that like, we would just call me Tyler just to like pull one over on the new people we were going to meet. It was a board game thing. It's a long, I do a lot of like board game events, but you know, that's what it was. And we just like pulled a joke for the whole night and then I just never corrected it. So, and now here we are. Well, I mean, 
that because usually people's nicknames are name names, you know. So that's pretty cool. That it was literally just a joke. Yeah, it was yeah. just a joke. It was just like we we're just gonna pretend like this and is then, the real thing, like just because like ooh, we all know each other. We're gonna like pull one over on these new people we're meeting, and then here we are. This is the longest <laughs> joke ever. Like and half years just, later, we're still going. doing it, but for some reason, it just kind of. Well, what ended up happening is like that group of people that we, you know, I thought I would go to this event once and never come back. I actually just went to this same event two days ago. So the oh. so same place two days ago. So two and a half years later, I'm still going to the same event. So clearly I ended up being a lot closer friends with these people than I thought I would. So I, I like actually I see those people a lot more than like the original friends I went with. So it just like that's kind of how it ended up sticking because I kept seeing these people over and over again. I just never corrected it for a while. Oops. Oops. And so now everybody, so now everybody that's met you since knows you as Tyler, um, yes. but do your, you know, old, you know, your family members, your older friends, do they, do, do they, uh, they don't call you? Or what do they call you? Pretty much everyone calls me Tyler. There are a few, few people who don't, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, my, I used to go, like, my real name is in my Twitter bio. It's not like hide it. Um, it's <laughs> literally right there. I literally put it out there so you can see it. But, um, and I used to go by that on Twitter. Uh, it's just before I had really like any followers. So most people don't remember that. But, uh, you know, I would say that so, okay, so right around the time that we played this joke was right after I, like, had my divorce, which I don't know if I talked about on any of these shows you listen to. Maybe, maybe not. This might be the podcast everybody talks about if you want to. <laughs> um, well, I just wasn't sure if you knew about that. I, I, I didn't know about, about it, about so. it that often. There, so, uh, yeah, I hadn't heard about it, so. Yeah, so I wasn't sure if I'd mentioned it on any of the shows you listen to. But I just, you know, I kind of went through, like, a lot of meeting new people after that. Mm -hmm. uh so most with like you to no exceptions almost every friend i have is someone i met after i played that joke i don't have a lot of friends from that's why like we kind of glossed over like my early childhood i don't have that many friends from back then um and a lot of the people i met because i met my ex-wife in college and a lot of the people i met in college you know we're through her and i just didn't really keep yeah, up with yeah. them after we broke up so yeah most most of the people are, are people i've met after that from the people who are before it's hit or miss there are some people i do have a couple of close friends and and they all call me they'll call me tyler but they're you know my my mother <laughs> like my, my parents my relatives are the, <laughs> are the ones who you know definitely are the hardest to get on board but uh i eventually i think i will but uh it, it could take a while it doesn't it doesn't bother me it's it's not a big deal i just uh you know i also it's easier to make fantasy creator yeah <laughs> names with tyler than it is I with justin so i like the one that you came up with now for people that don't know like the meaning behind who, how it kind of is a if you get it, you get it kind of thing. What, what exactly does the handle mean? So I guess it's kind of like a joke on Tyler, the creator, but I don't even listen to Tyler. the Creator. <laughs> I just came up with it one day. And then essentially this current handle at Tyler FF creator, uh, it was the 
handle for my YouTube channel backup account. So I just decided that people already knew me as that on YouTube. That's my YouTube channel is Tyler, the fantasy creator. So people already knew me as that on YouTube. So I was just like, I'll make my main account this if I'm going to change it out of, I used to be at DLF underscore carp. Uh, but I uh, decided that that had to change. Yeah. And you know, again, nothing, nothing against uh, DLF at all. I, uh, I specifically said that in the post where I said I was going to change it. This has nothing to do with them. If anything, I think this will be, this will be better. Yeah. <laughs> this will be better that, that they don't, that, uh, you know, there's no confusion about, <laughs> they, don't, <laughs> they don't want, I don't think they would want the misconception that I'm like involved in the running of the site to persist. I think they would actually prefer that we don't have that confusion. And honestly, none of the people at DLF outside of the ownership group have a DLF handle. Ryan McDowell doesn't. Mm-hmm. Matt Price doesn't. So I don't know. And Ryan McDowell's in the ownership group and he doesn't, he doesn't even he doesn't have a DLF handle. So the only ones who really have them are, you know, uh, Ken Kelly, Ken Moody, and Jeff as well have uh, DLF handles. But other than that, it's, it's not like most creators at DLF have a DLF handle. So I, I, I asked them about it originally and they said it was okay. Mm-hmm. So I did it, but you know, it's definitely not like everyone at DLF has a DLF handle and I'm like making a move to be different. I'm actually making a move to be in line with everyone else. Yeah. Well, and you were being proactive about it. So that's cool that you like yeah. you know, got ahead of yeah. it. Before. I would have felt, felt weird about it if I were now the only creator at DLF, <laughs> DLF underscore handle, but you guys that are going to slowly start taking very much it. Not the case. <laughs> See who's the next to, to change theirs up. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, people always change their, their Twitter yeah. handles all the time. And on the DLF forums, we all have DLF underscore yeah. accounts because it, in that respect, we actually are more speaking for DLF because yeah. we're, you know, DLF riders speaking on the forum, on, on DLF's own forum. It's a little different. So I, if you yeah. see me on the DLF forum, I am at DLF underscore Tyler K and I will continue to be that. Okay. So you'll be able to find me as DLF staff if I ever comment on the forum. I don't comment there that often, but if, if I ever do. So people, you got the scoop here. So you you know what's happening with the whole thing, but people can find you now. Hopefully they'll like, I can't change my Twitter handle. I'm just like crazy about it. Like when I first started, like I was originally at Casey Kasem and then I was like, I don't want Twitter and I deleted it. And then it was a time period where like, yeah. then they were like, sorry, somebody has your handles. Like what the heck? So someone thought that i was on a podcast with like the guy casey Kasem. like they thought he was still alive okay so here's the deal oh yeah so here's the deal so my last see uh, my last name's not really Kasem, but nobody gets that that's born after a certain period of time because i don't know so people will always be like casey chasm casey and i'm like it's okay yeah so I'm um, my age here. <laughs> someone in my Patreon group was actually asking if I was going to be on with like the radio. With Scooby. Group. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think he's dead. I'm pretty he's sure. Um, but dead. no. So I actually listened. You ever heard of Rob has a podcast? Uh, maybe. It's a very, my brain is like very large. A lot of- it's a very large podcast, not quite on the level like size-wise of the fantasy footballers, but it's it's not that much smaller. Okay, like a very large podcast community. It's not about uh, fantasy football, but right. okay. uh, he, the guy who hosts it was on Survivor, and he did a Casey Kasem impression, 
in one of the times he was voting someone off. So that's how I know who Casey Kasem is. <laughs> okay. I guess I was about to say, you said you were 27. I was like, mm. yeah, I, I actually have no <laughs> clue. Like, I don't know who the person Casey I, Kasem is. I don't know anything about him, but yeah. I, I know of him from that guy from that guy's podcast and you know he also does like a whole song parodies thing on his channel oh yeah of which he takes on a casey Kasem voice for that period of time so like <laughs> i unfortunately have heard the name casey Kasem more times than i ever want to <laughs> but Sorry you know that, that. That's why I'm familiar <laughs> with it. yeah i i'm gonna it's just gonna be casey Kasem for it from here out it could be casey whatever i don't you guys can do whatever you want with that yeah um yeah names are funny aren't they Uh, (laughs) um now i'm kind of this is kind of towards the not the end end i mean we've got a little bit more time but i start getting a little off the rails at this time so uh, bear with me here but um so talking about you, you said you met your friends at a board game yes convention type thing what what exactly what is it a a gathering yeah it's more of a gathering we in new york city's big city so they have a lot of these kind of like meetup style things meetup app is actually what this one was on a lot of them but yeah no it's just a place where people can go uh they're obviously they stopped doing those for a while during the pandemic but i uh i started going in before and now we're, we're back to doing them so yeah, it's just it's like a meetup style thing. I I don't know if anyone's used if you're listening and you use the meetup app, just think of anything you've done on there and it'll be it'll be like that. So what when you what kind of games do you like to play? Um well like you know, not like Candyland, but uh, you know, I, I'm looking at my board game cabinet over there. I mean, I have I have Dominion, uh Terra Mystica uh seven wonders mysterium if you're listening and you've heard of any of those those kind um so yeah like somewhat complex but none of those are like super complicated games have you ever talked to paul tarchian about board games i've never talked to paul tarchian (sighs) he's a big Um, board game dude so you know (laughs) when he came on we talked board games for like all a very long time <laughs> yeah i'd like so, to talk to him but i uh hey man i know, uh, I know of him but i don't he's a, i've he's never interacted with him i was just thinking because i feel like there are a lot of people in the fantasy football space that really like playing board games so there are yeah i definitely haven't uh i definitely haven't had the chance to talk about it very much uh my chess experience is actually probably some of the limited experience i've had <laughs> playing any games with people from the fantasy community mm-hmm. um but yeah, I'm sure that would be a lot of fun. I um I'm always looking for ways to connect with people. And okay, so and you're you're in New York and yes. but you've traveled. You talked about traveling earlier. Um, but where's the coolest place that you've ever been? Again, I don't like I said at the start of the podcast, they used to say Russia. Yeah. Not anymore. Is there any not place any, outside of those the places that you like? Was there a place though that like kind of just <laughs> besides Russia that like blew your mind yeah. or like was different than you Honestly, thought? Honestly, the, the the thing that was most interesting about Russia is that it sucked. Uh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it, it was not. Everyone was very unhappy when yeah. I was there. So I, I can kind of see you know what's going on, but you know it's this is <laughs> not not my political soapbox. Um, yeah. I mean, I went to Venice. That was kind of nice. I, I was in Paris. 
Uh, those are kind of cliche answers. I guess go to the French Open when I was in Paris. That was actually really oh, nice. Cool. I went to the Olympics in London. Neither, oh, of, those wow. were chess, neither of those were chess trips. There's just other trips, but th- those were a lot yeah. of fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, like getting to go to the Olympics was was pretty cool. Getting to go to the French Open was also really cool. Those those are a couple of the things that stand, and those are sports things. So I'm yeah. pretty into sports, uh, and I always kind of have been. But yeah, I've been all, a couple of other places. Uh, but yeah, those those are probably the ones that stand out. Those are those are pretty cool experiences to be able to say that you were able to do that stuff. Like that that's really cool. And I I know with the pandemic, travel has been. Yeah, but uh, do you you still enjoy traveling in your, you know, 20s? No, I don't. No, I don't actually. Uh, It's a good question. I don't actually. I have hated traveling since I was about maybe 20 or 21. I've hated it. I used to love it, but I hate it. I hate traveling now. I don't enjoy it at all. Like I, I haven't been on a big trip in like five or six years. I like no desire to do it. I don't. I don't know. I just have like so much more stuff in my apartment and so much more stuff that I use on a daily basis. I use a lot of like, like supplements and there's a lot more stuff that I do and like traveling. It's like every year, it seems like there are more and more things that have to come with me. So no, I, I, it's great. I, I'm really happy. I had all these experiences, but uh, definitely not anymore. Definitely not something I'm looking to do. And so uh, is New York city your jam then? That's the place that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I always knew that if FF Expo were in New York city, there'd be a chance of convincing me to go. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty dope though. I well, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, then I might, then I might go. Then you might go. I know it, it, that's. Mm, yeah. Well, <laughs> I've been in New York city one time. Only and, once. Yeah. Only once. And oh. I got lost and it was fun at night. And Where'd you get lost? I was drunk um times square well out not in times square that's where we were staying we had gotten um, my wife dropped her glove i got stuck while she got off and i was still on and i on ended up yeah on the subway and oh, i didn't know what, and i'm like one of those anxiety like but i was also drinking so i was, was like first time in new york city it was my so first like, time and my phone was time. dead Oh my oh. god! Oh, oh my god! Oh, that's not ideal. I mean, uh, the re the how I figured out how to get back to my hotel was I had my key card, so I knew what the address was, and I was walking into these places, and they were like, "Can't use our phone." Blah 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 blah. I finally just kept walking, and then I was like, "Times Square." I know I'm over. This. I'm in the right area. You can so, walk to Times Square from yeah. where I live. So, oh really? Yeah, it would yeah. be like a thirty to thirty-five minute walk, but that's, you you could walk that's there. About what I walked, I don't know where I where I was originally, but uh, I got to the hotel and my wife was getting off the elevator right yeah. when I was getting on it. It was like one of those like movie moments, but it was that was insane. <laughs> yeah, New York very, very int- I, I'm so used to it, but it can be very intimidating if it's yes. your first time. Oh my gosh! And she wants to go back, and I do too, but like I'm intimidated by by it. So, yeah, I, I promise that I, I always promise that if anyone ever visits New York City, that I will help help them like get around. Feel a little more <laughs> like around. Yeah. yeah, I was it was one of those. But it's a story too. So but it was really fun and, and I enjoyed it. And we did all like the sightsee stuff and everything. So you know, that was that was fun. It was a while back. So I'll get back out there. Yeah, I definitely do want there to be a fantasy event in New York City. That would be that would be great. I haven't met very many people from the fantasy community. Who have you met from the fantasy community? Literally just like, John Hesterman and that's it. Okay. Well, there you go. 
and that's it. I've never like I've never met anyone else. I um let's I mean, go. Most- let's 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 get something going. Let's get something yeah. going up in New York. I, know, I, I mean, I, people want to come to New York, you know. I'm pretty extroverted, but uh, you know, the, the chances I go to the FF Expo ever, and if anyone's listening to this, I'm sorry if you're disappointed. The chances I go are zero. So <laughs> they are zero. <laughs> zero chance. Not that I dislike the FF Expo or anything, but like a huge tent event like that is not going to be something I enjoy. It's not going to be something. <laughs> if it were in New York City and I could walk there, yeah. maybe there's a chance you could drag me out there for a couple of hours and I could like, but I'm not going to like take a plane. I just, I don't feel comfortable with that type of event. It just isn't, it isn't my thing. It's kind of never been my thing. And to be like bluntly honest about the, the main reason I don't want to go, it's because there's way too many people in the fantasy industry that I never want to meet. And like, I just prefer to stay behind my computer screen and I never see them. And I'd rather like, I just, I'm yeah. good. Like I don't, I don't want to go to this type of event. If it were New York City, maybe I'd force maybe. myself to go. But I, I, I feel bad. People literally ask me if I'm going constantly, and I always have to tell. Like I've stopped leading them on. I've always and now I've just been like, it's not gonna happen. No, Sorry. it's not happening. Sorry. <laughs> I went last year, and it was I had a, a bit of some anxiety situation going on, and it was kind of like not the greatest I mean, it was a great weekend the people i met were great and everything but like my the way i felt internally was not amazing but i have it i'm like the whatever in me is like planning this out like way in advance now not just like waiting till last minute and letting my wife do everything because she planned yeah. a trip for her not a tri- trip for me so it didn't i was staying at a different hotel i had to drive i was just like it wasn't it wasn't great yeah i just i can't imagine that i would enjoy it so so I mean, and there you go again, yeah. saying you know, you don't have to do things you don't like to do or you don't want to do or whatever. I know. Some people feel like though, like they can't say no to stuff or they have to like you know. Are you that type of that. person? Or you've gotten good. I've at gotten it. good at saying no. Yeah, no. I uh, I would say I I've turned down about a hundred guest spots since I did the last one, which was in July, before this one. So I've turned I've turned down about a hundred opportunities to do a show, and it's mostly because I'm just generally just running on fumes when it comes mm-hmm. to creating fantasy content and I don't have a lot of extra gas in the tank and, you know, just doing guest spots that, I mean, someone put it in a way on Twitter that I was like, I didn't want to say it this way, but this is, this is part of it. Like, part of the reason I haven't done guest spots is just because they're not, there's just not enough in it for me. Like the, just like, I don't have energy and I'm not, I don't, I guess I don't need the exposure. There are other people who would really need the guest spots. And I, I have a lot of attention already. I don't, I don't really need the extra spots to get myself out there. Um, so I just I feel bad about taking them from like, there are people who like would, there's so many people who would want that spot more than me. And I just like, I just always say no, because I just, I don't want, I don't want to give people like 30% of me. Like I just, I don't want to do it. And being honest about that is is rad because a lot of people say, "Yeah, I'll do a podcast," and you can hear that they're like I used tired to or way. bored or they don't want to be there, and you can just tell by the way that they sound. And sometimes, yeah, you do have to say no. So it's it's cool that you ex- at least explain this is why I you know I'm I usually do 
Like usually when someone asks me, I'm like, I really, I'm always like, I really appreciate the invite. I mm-hmm. appreciate the invite. I appreciate that you wanted me to be on your show, but I just, I can't do it. I just, I don't have it in me. I, and someone, someone even today asked me and, and they went back and forth a little bit. And, and I was just kind of like, they were like, if you change my, your mind, you know, doors open for you anytime. And I was like, that's really nice of you. Like, I really appreciate that. Given that I haven't done any guest spots in my two lightest months of the year, the odds are that my mind isn't going to change. I, I think that that's something that like, you know, I'm on this show now, but you're, you're probably looking at like a guest spot a year, like a very rare opportunity. Uh, you know, something that I can't, pass up or something I've always wanted. I've always wanted to be on this show, by the way. Um, (laughs) In case that wasn't obvious, Uh, I've always wanted to be on this show. He's like, "Uh." (laughs) I I thought that was, that was, Uh, I have always wanted to be on the show. So that's why I wanted to do it. But, you know, just generally I don't. And this also isn't talking about fantasy football. So it's it's not going to burn me out in the same way. Mm-hmm. But I just spend too much time in a week talking about fantasy football, talking about players, researching players. And I just like, I think I'm at my capacity for fantasy football discussion in mm-hmm. a week right now. So until that changes, I'll probably start doing guest spots when I retire from creating content. And no, <laughs> if you listened, don't be afraid. No fear. That's not happening anytime soon. I, I think I have about 10 to 15 years left of creating content. And then I'm going to want to do something else. But yeah. for the next 10 or 15 years, okay. I, think, I think you have me. Okay. See? So this was, <laughs> yes. Um, because, well, I was just thinking about your age again. I'm like, well, I'm 38 and 27. So about when you get to where I am, then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 37 to 42. I was thinking yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. There'll be time at that point. At that point in my life, I'll feel like, you know, I've done a great job with this. And now it'll be yeah. time, you know, while I still have time to look at a new career, time to you know, do something else. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I don't think I want to be 70 doing this. Like, I don't, I don't Interesting. Think... I've never th- really thought about it like that, about like being well, it's 70 just such a and long, doing that. Like... It's just like such a long time scale. Like, you yeah. don't want to like plan for, for that long, but I, I really mm-hmm. just can't see myself like the grind that I go on. I just, I can't see myself being even 50 and mm-hmm. doing that. I think that, you know, I'm going to want to do something else. I'm going to want to have like a more traditional job at some point, especially as I get older. But, you know, for now, and, you know, I said 10 or 15 years, I would like to have to build a career in the space that works for me and then do it for, you know, however long, 10, 12 years from whenever I start would be my goal. That's pretty cool. I, I, because I've been doing the same thing for 11 years and it's, boring and whatever but it's a job and it pays the bills and and it's actually i'd rather be bored than stressed so i'm cool with it i always tell myself i'd rather be bored than stressed i don't know stressed i'd rather rather be stressed stressed. yeah if i had to choose i would definitely rather be stressed okay i think at for work purposes that's me um but i but i i totally see where you totally rather be stressed you probably are always like got a little bit of stress going on anyway so i guess not too much no actually pretty how do you how do you how do you maintain the coolness um it's the ego it's the ego it's it's the ego no seriously if if you don't believe Mm -hmm in yourself and the content you're creating why on earth would anyone ever listen to you 
why why would it's that's always what i say you better believe if you don't like the content you create i said this exact thing if you don't like creating content you don't like the content you create no one else will so like you need to you need to believe in what especially as some, if you're giving like advice for fantasy football like you you're telling other people what to do right you're telling them no, don't do what you want to do. Do what I want to do. So if I'm going to tell someone that, and I'm going to tell someone, don't listen to your instincts. Trust me instead. I better believe in what I'm telling them. Otherwise, that's like very, I never want to be like fake. If I'm telling someone, do this, I want to be very confident in that advice I'm giving them. Mm-hmm. Because if it goes wrong, it's going to be my fault. Whether it's fair or not, it's going to be my fault. Cause I told them not to listen to themselves and listen to me. So, you know, you gotta, and at the end of the day, like if I got it wrong, if it went wrong, it's easy for me to sleep at night because I know that I was, I had, I was confident in my process. It might not have worked out, but I have no doubt that I told them what I believed. And you know, I'm fine dying on that. Like if I, if I go down on what I believed in and the content that I thought was good, the advice I thought was good, at least I don't have to worry about, oh, could I have, should I have told them something different? Should I, I don't do, I don't do coulda, shoulda, woulda. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I just, you know, I believe in it and, you know, nobody's perfect, but that, that's always what I, what I tell people is if, is if you don't buy what you're selling, it's going to be tougher to anyone else to buy it. That is true. The confidence thing is a, is important. And, I know some people have said like giving advice, sometimes they think, oh man, I hope I don't, you know, give somebody the wrong advice. And then, you know, and when they get, especially people when they're first getting started, they're like, I, you know, I want to please everybody. I don't want to, you know, oh, yeah, mess no. up or, you know, have a stumble a me- here or there, you know. I have a message for those people. If you're the best, the best fantasy analyst, the best, literally the best ever. If you're right 70% of the time, 70%. You're the best. You're like a god tier fantasy analyst. 70% of the time is like the best. Those are the best. Absolute best. 70% of the time, correct. That means they're wrong 30% of the time. Those are the best. Mm -hmm. They're still going to be wrong three times out of 10. You're going to be wrong. It's going to happen. There are going to be weeks. (laughs) There are going to be weeks. If you do start sit, that your start sit ranking sucked. It will happen. It is unavoidable. Nobody is good every week. Everybody has wrong calls. Like I said, even the best get 30% of them wrong. So, you know, you're going to have to accept that there are going to be times where your rankings didn't work out that week. And what you got to do is just be like, I did the best work I could. I try, like I gave it everything. Didn't work out. Brush it off and move on to the next week. Cause there is no, you'll get eaten alive if you keep going back. If you, if all you do when you're supposed to start the next week is go back to the previous week and be like, well, I, I, maybe I should have this. It, it, you just won't, you'll, you'll get caught in a circle of self criticism. And like, believe me, there's enough criticism of you from the, the consumers out there. Like give yourself a little bit of cut yourself a little bit of a break. Like personally, like I always say, like, don't be so hard on yourself. Like there's plenty of people willing to criticize you. You don't need to criticize yourself unnecessarily. You know, you make sure that make sure you like yourself. Like you don't, if you're miserable, you're not, nobody, nobody's gonna be happy. Like 
take, create, you know, consuming content from someone who's miserable doing it. Like it shows in the content. And, you know, I, I do think that happy people rank better. Like if you're happy, <laughs> I really think so. Like, I think if you're happy when you're, there are studies that have shown this. I watched a show called a hundred humans recently. Okay. And there was like a lot of, it was a whole experiment on how about people who listen to happy music, like were, did better <laughs> on things and people who listen to sad music or that, that kind of thing. Like the, and so being in a better mood, I really think if you're happier with the content you're creating, you'll come up with better rankings as, as you know, as hard as that might be to believe. I, I really think that that's the case. So that I would just, you know, I would just tell people that there's always going to be criticism. You're always going to get something wrong <laughs> and uh, just brush it off and, and move on. And if you can't do that, let's say, let's say that's hard for you, right? There, there are some people out there where that's hard for them, right? There are people, not everyone's like me. There are people who have a lot of anxiety, people who have, you've talked about this on your show before, people who have imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know that there are people who feel that way. And I would say, talk to me. My, my DMs are, you know, my DMs are not open, you know, to, they're always open to anyone who, follow, who I follow. They're not there to ask me who to start. They're there for, to be like, look, the kind of DM I've received a lot in the past is like, look, like I'm creating content. Like it's not really going well for me. Like I'm kind of struggling. Do you have any advice for me? I, I get that DM pretty often. And I'm always like, well, yeah, sure. I'd love to help you. So like, if you're listening to this and you're in that kind of situation, just find a way to reach out to me. If, if I don't follow you, tag me and ask something. Be like, at Tyler F. Creator, I have a question about my content. Can you DM me? And, and I will. I'll, I'll see it in my notifications feed. So, you know, just always, you know, it doesn't have to be me, but reach out to someone who can support you with that, I guess, would be what I would say. You're kind of in a... If you don't think your content's going well, if you've had some bad rankings weeks, like ask someone for help. Don't just like, mm -hmm. don't, I always say like sitting and wallowing, it usually doesn't, doesn't do you any good. Truth. <laughs> people are How there many... to support you for sure. There, there are many, many more people. Yeah. Some people also forget this too, that there are many, many more people out there willing to support you than you think. There really are. And like, you, you shouldn't feel like, especially the people that say that they're willing to help you, you shouldn't feel weird reaching out to them. I know Very sometimes true. it can feel maybe a little intimidating or whatever, but like, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. I get a lot. A lot of the messages are like, sorry to bother you. Yeah. But. And I'm like, you're really not bothering me. This is why I love doing this. One of the things I love doing the most is helping people with their content, helping people who are struggling with their content or look if you're my friend and uh, in the community and you're listening to this podcast and you have something going on in your life you can always dm me i really don't mind i'm a very like i'm an extroverted person it does it actually gives me more social energy to have these conversations not less mm -hmm. so you know i especially if it's personal but even if it's just about content you can always talk to me i i really try to be like an open door for those kind of conversations and you know i occasionally when someone's upset i i proactively reach out to them if i see it but uh you know if, if you ever feel the need to talk to someone and you're listening to this you know hit up my dms or you know tag me or something and we'll we'll find a way to to do that and here's a fantasy fantasy football question not really though you you were in the scott fishbowl correct yes uh sfb 10 and 11 Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, 
how cool is it to see something like that grow to where it is? And I mean, I, I just like talking about Scott Fishbowl because it really gets everybody amped up. Sure. So, yeah. you know. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I mean, <laughs> I was in, I made it to semifinals in uh, Scott Fishbowl 10. Not so much this year. <laughs> I made the playoffs and I was knocked out in the first round. I, I had a very bad, I had a team Ridley, Michael Thomas team. So mm, not, yeah. I was not, I was pretty much dead from the start. Uh, but you know, I, I ended up making the playoffs anyway, cause I scratched and clawed, but other than that, uh, well, I wanted to win. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say I didn't have the same motivation the second year. The first year I was like, Oh, if I win Scott Fishbowl, people are like, no, people like know me. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> now I'm like, I, I don't, it would still be great for me if I won, but I, um, you know, people, Scott, actually Scott uh, commented on one of my threads earlier today, talking about how he, it was a thread about how many cut championships have you won in a row? Mm. And I was, it, it all, it actually was a moment for me where I was like, it's great that Scott's commenting, but like, this just feels normal. Like this yeah. just feels, it feels normal. It, yeah. It, it, it's nice that it feels normal yeah, for someone is. who's done like so much for oh, yeah. the community. And he's also, you know, if Scott is listening to this, I don't know if he is, but let's, let's say you are, it's really, I know I ramble a lot and I, I apologize for that. I like uh, it. I'm a rambler. <laughs> I am <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, no, I I've listened to your show and I, I figured we would get along well. Cause yeah, we, we both, both like to <laughs> ram, ramble. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, Scott, if you're listening to this, uh, you really built something with the Scott fishbowl. It's donated a lot of money to charity over the years. It's really one of the few positive events that brings everyone together one of the few big events that everyone finds positive. And, you know, I, I do always, I hate to see it every year. It happens every year. There's always someone who finds something to complain about. And I'm like, this really, this really, you really think this is a good idea? Like, you really think this is going to make you look good? <laughs> like, I was like, literally, this is the event that's donated the most money to charity in the history of the fantasy football community. The most money to charity. Charity, that's, charity's a good thing. Like, it's, this is not a time, like, it's like, show like a little respect for just like how much good this event. I mean, you see the toys, I mean, over the years, all, all of that. And I just, uh, you know, I appreciate all the good that's, that's done from that. And people are always posting their drafts, you know, all, all of those things. And I, um, there's always group chats and I was in the Britney Spears division this year. I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> um, it's a very interesting group of people in there. And I, you know, I met a couple of people who have continued to interact with yeah. after the draft was over and who I, you know, who I, I knew and I was in the one Oh three chat and that was kind of nice. Like talk about strategy. I was in the one Oh one chat last year with Matthew Berry. Um, and he like actually chatted That's and it cool. was kind of like at the time I was like just some guy. So like, I was like, Whoa, I'm in the same group chat as Matthew Barry. Like that's very <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, I, I could, I don't have enough night. Like I could go on and on and on about Scott Fishbowl and how great it's been for everyone. And I, again, I just ask people, you know, when you're commenting on that, just, just realize that this is an event that's done a lot of good for children and, you know, uh, just the community in general and just try to try to recognize that even if you're upset that you didn't get in mm -hmm. it's like try to see a bigger bigger picture than, yeah than with your own personal 
yeah whatever <laughs> with it so yeah i just i encourage people to to do that and you know take take some time to look at the scott fishbowl website and some of the pictures and the history it's all out there it's the internet yeah. everything that's what i love about today's world the internet every the whole history of the scott fishbowl it's easy it's all in one one web page <laughs> you can get <laughs> the whole history of everything so you, know, you can take a look at like the history of, of that all, all in, in one place and that's a great thing it is and how many leagues do you know how many leagues you're in or oh it's easy yeah no i'm basically retired i there you uh, go that's what i like to yeah hear. no i <laughs> i don't see i'm in trade addicts eight mm. uh i have a lot of let's see in trade addicts eight i have uh <laughs> well actually i'll talk about fantasy for like one second okay. yeah i have uh this year and this year's rookie draft i picked a bad year to do this but i have uh still scrolling yeah, I have uh, 27 rookie picks this year. Uh, oh. And then I have uh, six 2023 firsts. So I'm in I'm in a good shape in a rebuild there. Yeah. <laughs> I won the championship in the debut season in 2020. I think I set a trade addict scoring record in the championship, like all time in oh, the wow. championship week. Like in the championship, I had the highest ever score in trade addicts of any week ever. Um Ooh. And I gotta come I for that up. title next year. Yeah, and then I blew up, and then I blew up my team. That was in 2020. Uh, I I wasn't like a DLF, so I was kind of yeah. like, oh, I want a trade addicts league, and, and I beat dope. I beat Matt Price in the finals, uh, and then I blew up my entire team, and I I lost every single game in 2021. Oh, and 14. Oh wow! Um, but that's okay because I have the 101 this year and six 2023 firsts. So. Wow. And you know, I still have some pieces like Lamar and AJ Brown, T. Higgins, uh, to build around Zach Wilson. And then, you know, those 27 picks this year and six twenty-three first. So I think I'll be okay. <laughs> I think you might be okay. We'll see how that we'll look at it at the end of the season, see how it works out for you. But yeah, the reason I spent so long on that is because there aren't yeah. like I'm retired. Like yeah. I, I get if there's one thing I get invited more to get than guest spots, it's leagues. <laughs> I turn them all down. Oh yeah. I turn them down. Uh I think that it's hard it mm. is hard for me i get enough criticism as it is i get enough criticism as it is uh for everything that i do in the community a lot of stuff that's negative so whenever i go play in a league there are going to be people who tie my uh, look i play i don't want to say i play dirty but i play to win i play to win when i play fantasy football i don't play to make friends <laughs> i play to win and i'll do anything to win anything and unfortunately, that doesn't make friends. And I prefer, I play a lot. I have a co-manager. And I don't, I'm not actually a co-manager on his teams. But I play with him. And uh, yeah, we, uh, I do play behind the scenes. And then Patreon, my whole Patreon is just helping people manage teams. So you know, maybe there's 50 teams in there. And I do startup, same thing. I'm not like, you don't know that you're really drafting against me. <laughs> uh, so I, I still get the chance to play from time to time, but actually playing actively as, as me, Tyler. Yeah. It's trade. I say it's got fishbowl and uh, that's it. Oh, there's one other team where I like openly co-manage. Uh, <laughs> so there, there's that yeah. team that's still hanging around out there, but other than that, that's that's literally it. Well, other than that, I, I just hang around behind the scenes, and I uh, I like it better that way. Yeah, me um, too. Even if I did come back to play, I would still not. I would 
make a new account or a, a burner sleeper account or a burner MFL account and not play as myself. I don't want Tyler, the fantasy manager to be tied to Tyler, the fantasy creator. I, I want those to be two different people mm-hmm. and trade.x8. It's a little weird because I've been in there so long. So obviously they know it's me. Uh, I didn't get into that league because I was, I got into that league before I was at DLF. My name, like Russ just randomly picked my name out of hat. He didn't know me. Maybe he knew of me, but like he didn't know me at the time. Uh, so I was just randomly chosen. It's a little odd because like <laughs> me and like Matt Price were both randomly chosen. Me is less weird, but like Matt Price was randomly chosen for that league too, which is like <laughs> kind of odd, like kind of against, it seemed there were like a lot of content creators who were picked for that league, like randomly. That's cool um, though. I, li- I like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm in Trade Addict Seven, so. <laughs> oh, are you? I hear yeah. about. So I listen to the the Trade Addicts podcast is the second Dynasty podcast I listened to. DLF podcast mm-hmm. was the first. The Trade Addicts podcast was the second. I've been a patron of Trade Addicts oh, for quite a long time. I used to be in the Trade Addicts group chat, and then I left one day. <laughs> um, I left. I, I still. I mean, I know that I have an open invitation to come back anytime, but uh, I haven't been in that chat uh, in like a couple of years, maybe a year. But I, uh, I know I do know I have an open invitation, and like I said, Russ, I, I do call him Russ and not yeah. <laughs> Outhouse. Yeah, Russ is my um, my dude. So yes, Russ. Is I'm only cool. in Russ uh, dynasty leagues. Like I won't be in a league that he doesn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big fan of him and his uh, his painted nails. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's great, and I just had their 200th episode, which is which I did listen insane. to. So I uh, I really enjoyed it, and you know he's found. Him and Rocky have really good chemistry. Rocky also is another another good friend of mine. And yeah. I, I really like them both. And I just, uh, you know, I appreciate both, both of them have really <laughs> been there for me uh, throughout my time in the industry. So, and honestly, like a lot of the people on the DAP network have. Uh, let's, uh, Josh from Fantasy Timeline is, is in one of my group chats. And Andrew Hall is also someone I'm pretty close with. So. Yeah. A lot of good people. Yeah, yeah. no, de- definitely a good group. A good group there. Definitely. Um, I definitely endorse the uh, the DAP network feed. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening to this and have not yet subscribed, I suggest you should subscribing. Definitely. I don't know how many people listen to podcasts without subscribing to them nowadays. I don't like, either. I don't it's know. it's more common on oh. YouTube. It's yeah, more that's common true. on YouTube to watch a video without subscribing to that channel. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I ever listen to a podcast like. I subscribe. I don't think I ever listen to a podcast from a podcast channel. I don't subscribe to. So I yeah. don't know how long that is. Hmm. Good. I mean, that's something to look into. That's a- <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, sure, I, I'm sure Russ has the data. Like yeah. there is data on that. I've just, I've never run a podcast feed. Like yeah. when I did the dynasty duo, CJ ran the podcast feed. When I do it with Ryan, the Tyler, the fantasy creator YouTube, when that's turned into the Tyler and Ryan fantasy podcast, he runs that podcast feed. And with Cal, now that he's turned Ask DLF into a podcast feed, again, he runs that. So I, I've never been the one, like, holding the data mm. uh, on the podcast feed. So I, unfortunately, my knowledge around that topic is a little bit limited. Although I do know the YouTube side because I'm the one who runs uh, my own YouTube channel. But I've never run a podcast feed, so I don't – unfortunately, I don't know that. But Russ would have that – would have that data. Yeah, sure. I've, seen, I've seen some of the numbers and stuff on it. And I don't know. I do my own podcast feed for Get Real, and I upload it to his – app network feed so it's like different numbers and all kinds of like he uses one thing and i use something else so yeah everybody does things differently 
<laughs> yeah, I know that uh, the DLF feed is uh, every, almost every podcast in there is uh, simulcast on a separate feed. It's pretty interesting behind the scenes stuff, you know. Yeah, that's all, that's all technical stuff, but all the technical stuff that yeah, the technical stuff like, that I don't know that much about, but uh, you know, I can I can help with really basic questions. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and really, that's all you really need to know to get started, at least, is the basic stuff. So. Anybody can start a podcast. Yeah, it's easier to start a podcast than it is to start a YouTube channel. That's that's exactly why I yeah, very that's much why easier I'm to not start a podcast. People were like, "Why don't you?" have the videos up on youtube well there's two reasons one is most of the time people are like i don't like the way i look so don't put me on there because i haven't done my makeup or i haven't put on a oh, clean I shirt been, i would have been completely <laughs> you can put this you can put this video yeah. on wherever you want i I'm and that completely... also requires me doing things and i'm lazy or as my therapist says well, maybe adhd either way it's like was, you know, well, therapy, <laughs> therapy is a great uh, thing that i think pe more people should consider um i recently Definitely. started well i mean yeah and my therapist yeah. always says be kind to yourself which is what every therapist says but it's basically what you were saying earlier about not yeah, being hard no, on yourself that's definitely not uh definitely not why <laughs> not why i went to therapy but uh i'm sure she would uh she would tell me that if she i brought that up yeah um, yeah no it, it's very much helped i uh i didn't really go to i really just i didn't actually really have like a specific problem why i went to therapy it was, was no reason like the last time yeah. i went to therapy was like after i got my breakup and i was like kind of going to therapy to deal with that and that was obviously like for a purpose this yeah. time i just kind of went back to therapy for this not the sake of therapy but just like just like a general idea that i thought therapy could help and you know it, it's definitely been helpful i would always say it, it's very rare that i would feel like therapy would hurt yeah i don't but, yeah. You know it, it would rare that it would hurt i you know i still have to see like the best way to make it helpful for me and then you know it's possible that i decide that i don't want to do it anymore after a couple of more months or something and maybe you know maybe it's not for me but yeah you know i don't it, it's definitely not hurting it it's always it's it's either going to be a neutral or a positive for everyone so i always suggest if you're if you're going through something or just kind of feeling a little bit you know i would i didn't really have anything specifically i was just kind of feeling a little blah yeah so it's like therapy will help and it yeah. you know it certainly hasn't it certainly has been only a positive so yeah. you know, if you're considering it I, I definitely recommend giving it a shot me too me too i always <laughs> like to shoehorn i like to shoehorn that message in there when yeah i have a few things like you know that i would like to shoehorn in that's that's one of them that if i'm ever on a like on this type of show where i'm not like live and under extreme pressure to answer questions i uh i always try to squeeze that kind of stuff in well, since we're towards the end, is there anything else that you want to squeeze in real quick before we get to plug in all your stuff and all that jazz? Not really. <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I just uh, hope that I didn't come off as an egomaniac. I mean, you you kind of uh, did, but I think people uh, will be able fun. to tell. That's just who, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, you said it, not me. So yeah, I, it's fine. I I just um, you know, I want people to realize that I'm a person. Yeah, I'm okay. a person, yeah, yeah, yeah. not just like a Twitter icon. Uh, I'm, I'm more than just that profile picture, and you know, I hope that. I just really hope that people can realize that this show is not about fantasy football. We're not live. 
you know, it's not, I don't feel the, you know, it's not like I was feeling the pressure to hold the audience or anything that the me that you see on the show or on Twitter is really me, not an act. I don't, I'm not doing it because whatever, like for whatever reason, you know, if anything, I think I've been a little more raw, honest, (laughs) ego minded on the ego focused on this show than I am on my fantasy football shows. Cause you know, the show is about me and that, that, that happens, but I just, I really hate when people think that I'm just doing it for the camera or just doing it for the views like I, I can't be anyone else. I've I've had the feedback. Like, you're this, tone it down. I'm like, watch someone else. Watch someone else because I, I, it's not an act. I can't, I can't I can't comply with your request. I can't be different because I'm not I'm not trying really to be that way. I just this is how I am. Like that's how I am when I talk about fantasy football. I'm just honest. Sometimes it comes off as brutal. Sometimes it comes off as mean. Sometimes it comes off as a little much. But I I would rather be me <laughs> because people will see it if you're trying to be someone else. It, that won't that'll never work. You'll you might succeed with that for a little while, but it won't it won't work. So I just hope that you know people see that I um try to represent myself as me. And uh I hope that um uh, people are happy with it. And if not, then uh, I'll be okay. But uh, that's okay. I'm happy with it. So that that's all that really matters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you and what you've got going on? Yeah. So, I mean, you can find me on Twitter at my new Twitter handle, <laughs> at TylerFFCreator. And then... Uh, I'm on the Ask DLF show every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the DLF YouTube channel. Uh, so you can find us there. And then there's also a podcast feed for that, which you can search, search Ask DLF on your favorite podcast. I don't know if we're on Apple yet, but we will be soon. Maybe, but maybe I don't know when this is coming out, but maybe we'll be on Apple by then. <laughs> I'm that hoping for soon. Uh, and then I do my show with Ryan at Ryan Pros FF. We do on the Tyler, the Fantasy Creator YouTube, and then on the Tyler and Ryan Fantasy Podcast feed, it's the same show, just two separate places. Uh, so yeah, if you just search Tyler, the Fantasy Creator on YouTube, you'll find that show. And then uh, I have my Patreon. Somehow I have patreon.com slash fantasy advice. Yes, that was available. <laughs> I don't know how that was available, but it was. So I have patreon.com slash fantasy advice is my Patreon. Uh, we're recording this on February 27th. Don't sign up on February 27th or February 28th. If it, I don't know when this is releasing, but you know, hopefully you want to sign up near the beginning of the month because that way you get the most value. Uh, and then I have a bunch of different tiers ranging from a $5 tier, which is just my spreadsheet discord and hopefully a show that may release. Uh, although the last one was destroyed due to technical difficulties, but I will have Patreon only shows. I'm re-recording it. I will have it very soon. Uh, but everything else is on, on patreon.com slash fantasy advice. It's the only place you can find my ranks uh, and yeah, those Patreon only shows. And then my discord, which is actually getting to be like a nice little community. I, there's a lot, there's actually like discussion in there. I really, I'm very happy with how that's grown. So, 
And then yeah, all my article, all my articles are at DLF. <laughs> this, I never plug my stuff on my own shows uh, because it takes too long. <laughs> never, I literally never plug my own stuff. I, I always let Ryan and Cal plug, but I, I never plug my stuff. Uh, but I think I have plugged everything. <laughs> I, if you didn't, I'll link. I'll try to link as much stuff as I possibly it's, it's can. Fine. People know where to find me. I don't. And not, fantasy advice. I mean, boom! That like way to get that. That's crazy that that was available. It was very much. It was two years ago, and getting that for my Patreon was like I think one of the more valuable things to have. Patreon.com/slash/fantasy advice has been really nice. Uh, definitely, definitely. Okay, everybody, go check out everything that Tyler's doing right now. You, you got it all. It's all out there for you. And make sure you come back next time for another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. Stay red.